Mama Marketer Podcast. I am your host, Olivia Hayes. I hope everyone is having a really good week. Um, If you follow me on social media, specifically Instagram, then you know that I came down with a migraine on Sunday and woke up Tuesday and Wednesday with the same migraine. So it was pretty much three days straight of it. Um, There was one day where I was able to kind of sleep throughout the day and get a couple hours of clarity in the evening, but for the most part, about three days straight, and I was just so grateful to wake up, or no, I'm sorry, it was Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday, I have Bible study in the morning, and I was just heartbroken thinking that I was not going to be able to make it because of this migraine, and I was so relieved to wake up first thing Wednesday morning and have a clear head and uh, the last two days have been great so just thank you for everyone that was like praying for me to get through that uh, and uh, just hoping that I can keep keep it at bay (laughs) keep those migraines away I just got too much to do to be having losing entire days to migraines so um, I know lots of people suffer with migraines, so I am always open to hearing your tips um, and props to those of you that have those really chronic issues because I, I feel for you. So today I'm doing something a little different. I don't have a guest and I don't have a blog post that I am going to be discussing with you. I'm basically just going to talk about some things that are going on here locally and politically within the Libertarian Party. There's been a lot of things happening and they've been happening in such quick succession that it's like I don't even have time to really even like put together a blog post or gather (laughs) words about it. So that's where having this medium really comes in handy where I can just kind of openly discuss some things that are going on. So um, I want to start locally. So as some of you guys know, I was just recently appointed to the District 5 um, Sedgwick County Citizens Advisory Board, um, which is just basically a board of volunteers. We're not uh, elected officials or anything. We are appointed to basically help our city councilman and advise him and advise the uh, county commissioners. Um, Sorry, I think I might have said city councilman, but definitely county. Um, And so um, really, I just, I I saw a post in uh, one of the neighboring towns' Facebook groups. Uh, It was my councilman saying that he was looking for another member for this board, and I thought that would be a really good way to um, serve and and be involved. And so um, I reached out. He was saying he wanted a diverse member of it, and I felt like I was diverse in a couple of different ways. And so, um, so yeah, I reached out and I got the appointment and, um, has been really exciting. So, uh, I had to wait till the next, uh, county commissioners meeting to be sworn in, but the um, chairman of the board that I'm on uh, invited me to come to uh, their meeting that was going to be happening uh, between when I had gotten the appointment and but before my swearing in. So he invited me to come as a non-voting member and just to kind of be um, in the loop of the things that they were working on, right? So I attended this meeting uh, and the first uh, kind of assignment they kind of gave themselves, it wasn't even given to them, they just kind of decided to take this on, was looking into a program uh, that's been running for a couple of years now in Wichita called ICT-1. And it's basically like an EMS type thing that responds specifically to mental health calls. And it has a law enforcement officer, a mental health professional, and then an EMS on board. And so it was a pilot program that never really got properly reviewed because of COVID. And um, on the surface, it sounds awesome, right? It sounds 
it, it is doing some good and it is helping. Um, that was not the issue. The, the issue that my board realized before I even came along, they started asking questions that you would think would be very easy to answer. Questions like who's in charge of this um, and like what are their hours, how much money are they saving, Th- this, these type of things. And these are questions that they were not able to get answered to um, satisfactory levels. Um, and so they were at the point where they were wanting to make some suggestions on should we keep the program, how can we improve the program, and this and that. And it was really impressive that they took it upon themselves to go and, and look at the unit, look at the existing county m- mental health facility. I mean, they had the like police chief review it the derby police chief we have a guy on the board that is a retired fire chief fire chief and so he gave his advice on it and um one of the guys i believe it was the derby police chief commented that the program seems good but if he had to choose between this program and more mental health beds in the community that he would overwhelmingly choose the beds and uh When I read that, I was reminded about a friend of mine who had a mental health emergency in her family last year, and I remember that being a pain point for her. Uh, She was able to get him to the hospital, but both at the hospital and when he was ready to be transferred to a mental health facility, um, her husband, the pain point was getting a place for him to to heal, a, a bed in a facility or a bed in a unit where he could get proper treatment and begin healing. And so I kind of shared this personal story just with my advisory board members and um, they had asked that since I was gonna be in front of the county commission in a couple of weeks, if I would just share that with them. And so I agreed that I would do that and um, I, but I did ask that, you know, they had done all this background work and legwork on this program. So I asked that I have some, some backup. So myself and two other guys went, um, I guess it was last week, we went to the Sedgwick County commissioners meeting um, and they've kind of presented their findings and their suggestions and I shared my personal story and just basically was pleading with them that now is the time that we should be focusing on making more beds available in our county and that I felt like with this program we're really only treating one side to the problem and if we want true healing then we need to be looking at facilities, right? And so what was interesting about that county commissioner's meeting was, um, well, two things really. So um, one councilwoman had uh, told me to reference back to a meeting that I guess they had just had like the day or two before. And um, I was able to go find it on YouTube. So if you're in Sedgwick County, all of the county commissioner meetings are on YouTube and Facebook. So you can always go back um, if you miss if you miss something. So that's what I did. Um, I went back to like a staff meeting of theirs from earlier in the week and they actually did have a long presentation, like two, three hours long from this mental health commission um, or coalition rather that's working on improving mental health here in, in Wichita. And um, what was interesting is that, she, that I, I think the councilwoman that told me to watch this was saying that I was going to be pleased with hearing about the facilities that are in this kind of plan, this master mental health plan, right? And so, so yeah, I was excited and I went and checked it out. But listen, unless I'm understanding wrong, the only two facilities they mentioned in this three-hour meeting, the only two facilities they talked about potentially building, one was like an affordable uh, housing 
unit, which is fair and helpful. Um, and the other one was a mental health resource facility, which is basically just office buildings for all of the different nonprofits and organizations helping with mental health care in the, in the county. It, it wasn't even a treatment facility from what I understand. So I was, I was a little confused um, by that because like I said, and like other people have said, the number one thing that can help us is beds. Um, I talked to a family member of mine who has some experience in this industry and she said it's just a known thing across the state that we're short on beds. And, you know, the, the we've got all this ARPA money. So this um, American Rescue Plan money that's coming because of COVID, it's coming to like all cities and counties and everywhere near you. And which, uh, Sedgwick County is getting something like $100 million. And so I just thought that, you know, with all of that money coming in and maybe it's separate, maybe this money is not part of that and they're not thinking, you know, about them working together, but it just seems like now is a good time to actually put some funding and put some time and energy and thought into more mental health beds. Um, so yeah, I was a little confused by the meeting that was referenced. If I'm misunderstanding the two facilities that they mentioned, by all means, someone correct me, but if they don't include beds, then I think we're missing the point, right? Um, and just a note on that, ARPA money. So Sedgwick County does have a survey that's out there that I shared on my Facebook page, or it's also on the Sedgwick County page where it wants you to rank, um, I think it's one through six on what you might want to see this hundred million dollars go to. So definitely, oh my gosh, if you're a Sedgwick County, take the time and go do that. That's a lot of money and we should have, it's coming to us whether we like it or not. Um, We should have our our voices heard on that. And just a note, I tried to fill out the survey on my phone and it was a little hard to read the answers because they're so long. Um, So it's going to be a little bit easier to do that from your computer. But definitely go and find that survey survey and and fill that out, guys. Um, So the second comment that we had when we were all three done speaking was from another um, councilman who like kind of thanked us for being there and then basically said that that he had never known it to be the purpose of a citizen's advisory board to ever come before the entire county commission. And that basically it was our job to uh, advise our councilmen only. <laughs> At least that's that's how it came across to me as someone sitting there. Um, and I have to say it really like floored me and stopped me in my tracks. It like immediately reminded me, okay, so side little sidebar. Um, one time when I was working in corporate America, I was given this like mentor who was a woman who was supposed to kind of like mentor me on how I could like kind of climb up the ladder, right? And on one of our mentoring sessions, she told me that it's basically my job to make my male manager look good and to be seen and not heard, right? Um, and side side note, later come to find out this woman was actually like in a relationship with our like VP, like he like left his wife and is married to her now. So, I mean, I think we can take this advice with a grain of salt now that the truth has come out. But I will say that this council person telling us it wasn't our job to address the entire council um, kind of made me feel that way. Like he wanted a citizen's advisory board to be seen and not heard, basically. Um, and listen, we we went through the proper channels. Any citizen can call and get themselves on the agenda and speak to their city council, their county, um, any anything like that. It's there's there's a proper channel for this, and we we did that. We took the time to get ourselves on the agenda, and we were prepared, and we were informed citizens, giving an informed. Uh, opinion, you know, and so he was acting that 
as if because we were on the advisory board, we had somehow forfeited our rights to be able to approach them, you know? And, and I, I've seen the dynamics kind of at play, and I don't know that the other council people love the councilman that's assigned to me. I think there's a little bit of competition there. Um, he's great. He's very well spoken and professional. And um, I, I just, like I said, I don't know that, I don't know that anyone is confident that if we were just to give our findings to him behind closed doors and he were to pass a packet along to them, that they would have even read it because of who it's coming from. So I think that's part of the reason why this idea was hatched that we come approach them so I mean just the moral the moral of this story is guys be informed and don't back down I mean after after that whole debacle I was given my chance to swear in and they had given me a few moments where I could have you know spoken to them and of course I had something small prepared but I was just so thrown off by what the guy said that I just kind of was like no thank you I don't need to talk anymore today but um you know I see the dynamics at play and I see that we have a lot of work to do and I'm I'm gonna be watching I'm gonna be watching if Sedgwick County really says that they care about mental health um that I want I'm gonna see this hundred million dollars I want to see if we actually put our money where our mouth is right so I'm gonna keep watching I'm gonna keep speaking up and I encourage you to do the same guys Okay, so moving on from kind of local news, I want to talk about what's going on within the Libertarian Party. Um, If you didn't know I'm Libertarian, now you do. Welcome to the show. Um, So there has been some stuff going on, like some infighting going on with the Libertarian Party. And basically, it all started with the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire. So they had apparently recently like sworn in a new group of people that were going to be in charge of their marketing and their messaging and apparently it was a known fact before they took over that they were pretty pretty aggressive uh with their with their messaging they were they're they're going for shock value they're going for dramatic value and everyone knew that this was the plan going in and then of course they get in there and they start putting out some tweets that start getting really negative uh you know negative feedback like one that i saw was that child labor should be legal right? Um, controversial, right? But it was the way that they said it. And just the most, the most controversial one, I'm just going to go ahead and read it verbatim to you guys. Um, it's from the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire. It's a tweet and it says, John McCain's brain tumor saved more lives than Anthony Fauci. That is verbatim what they said. And I remember our current Kansas operations team screenshotting that and sending that to me because I do the social media for the Libertarian Party of Kansas. And so they sent that to me and they're like, what do you think about this? And I was just like, you know, I've seen marketers that think that going for shock value and going for the jugular, like they think that is a marketing strategy. And I'm just not that way. I think it's our job as marketers to be more professional and more creative than that and not have to stoop so low to get your, you know, to get your your impressions, right? So so that's that's the type of tweets that we're talking about here. And so apparently the backlash from these tweets was so big that it basically led to this big coup where like they may or may not the 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 chair of the New Hampshire party may or may not have gotten help from the national chair who has since resigned and she basically fired all of her executive committee and replaced them with kind of um, the other side, the other side of their party, right? Um, 
And so what other libertarians are really focusing on is this action with, with the coup and this action with did national know and should they have gotten involved and what does this mean for other states? And it's, it's caused a lot of people to just leave the party altogether. It's caused a lot of people to ask questions about the caucuses and their motivation. Um, but what I'm focusing on with this is not what everyone else seems to be focusing on. What I'm wondering about this from a marketing perspective. So if you know me, you know that we had a digital marketing firm for many years, probably five plus ish years. We had clients that didn't want to have a say in their social media. They just wanted us to run it all, which you would think sounds like a dream, but it is actually really nerve wracking to be speaking on behalf of someone and not be getting any of their feedback. So we painstakingly came up with numerous different versions of approval processes and feedback loops and ways to get these people involved. And so I just wonder, no one is, I, I have not heard if the social media team in New Hampshire was one person or several people. I don't know. I don't know if they were professionals. Like, I don't know if this was their career or not. I would venture a guess to say no, but I, I could be wrong. No one is talking about the social media team that seems to have kicked this all off. Um, and so and so that's, that's my issue. A professional social media marketer is going to take the time to set up some kind of feedback process, some kind of approval process. And I also wonder too, like I've gotten the messaging wrong before. I've gotten things wrong on, for clients before. I remember I was posting for a client for like a year and we would do all the holidays, you know, all the, all the national holidays. Um, uh, and then come to find out they were, uh, I think it was Jehovah's Witness. And so they didn't actually do any of those holidays. They, it was not part of their lives personally. And so, you know, six months to a year into it, they finally give me this feedback. And of course I adjust because that's our job is to adjust. And so a big part of me wonders, like, did they have feedback that was given to them and then they didn't adjust their strategy how was that feedback i just i just wonder if any of that took place before exploding into a major coup right um and this is why i mean the, the moral of the story guys for me at least like i said there's other things that other people are focusing on with this debacle but for me the moral of the story as a social media marketing professional is just that it's so important that you have shared passwords that you have an approval process that you have a feedback loop that you have meetings somewhat regular meetings to strategize on what are the things we want to say especially in politics i mean these people were speaking on behalf of an entire state and there's no way they were going to be properly representing every single member so your job is to just try to represent the most of them that you can right and so I just wonder about the inner workings of that and if it would have made a difference if they had someone with professional social media marketing experience right um but again, the takeaway is just that you've got to have those conversations. You've got to have more than one admin. You've got to have shared passwords. You've got to have a feedback loop built in. I know I actually sound like I'm speaking in a loop, but it's just so important. And anyone who works in this industry professionally knows that. Um, so let, let me know your thoughts on that. Let me know if it makes sense. If you're more in tune to the drama, let me know if I if, if I got it wrong. But that's, that's my understanding of it. Um, the other kind of level of this Libertarian Party of New Hampshire drama is um, Karen Ann Harlos. Um, she spoke at our Kansas State Convention uh, not too long ago. My husband and I loved her. Um, she's a Christian and she just was able, I always thought that the two, that libertarianism and being Christian went together beautifully, um, but I was not ever able to like explain it the way that she did. And so we were just floored when we heard her speak um, and dropping biblical truth 
you know, in her keynote at a political political convention, we really were just, you know, blown away with her. And she was really fun too. I couldn't hang, but several of my friends hung with her up until the wee hours of the morning. So she's a really cool lady. They call her the Pink Flame of Liberty. Look her up online. Um, and so she, Karen Ann, basically... Um, she basically blew the whistle on this New Hampshire situation and was saying, hey, something like not good is going on here. Um, maybe we should look into it. And um, of course, she didn't say it that way. She is um, more aggressive and more abrasive in the way that she speaks. Um, but that is just her style, right? Um, and so she was basically removed. She was basically you know, removed from her position in like a closed door meeting. Um, and it's, it's crazy. As far as I know, she has still not been reinstated. And, um, again, just the, the lesson from this, just like the County commissioner that told us not to speak up. I mean, Karen Ann, you were speaking up. She was speaking up for the right thing. She was asking somebody to look into a situation that was not right. And that is what we need. We're the party of principle. We especially need it in our party. We need it in every political party, in every realm. We need to have a safe safe place for whistleblowers. And we need to not... we got to seriously rethink the way that we're treating these people after they draw our attention to a thing. So I don't know if anybody listening has anybody power or even just for the record, I really think that she should be reinstated because I think she did the right thing and I think she was doing her job to say, hey, this maybe didn't work out properly, right? So, oh my gosh, it has just been, it has just been crazy. And and really, there's a lot of conversation on like, does what happened to New Hampshire, does it make sense for Kansas to worry about it? Does it affect us? Does it not affect us? And I really think it just has to be a cautionary tale. Like we just have to, if you're in my state and you're a libertarian, like you, we just have to have it be a personal goal of ours, not to let that be us next. We've got some things happening behind the scenes that could lead us closer to being you know, not a stable organization. We're a pretty stable organization right now when you look at the nuts and bolts of it. And I know that we want to modernize, we want to change some things, but, you know, it's change is not always a good thing. Um, Jacob Hornberger actually said this at our convention that not all reform actually equals more freedom. So we just have to be very careful. We need to keep our eye on the prize. We need to focus on working together as a team, not wasting our time and energy and resources on things that are not productive. And we need to focus on our candidates. We need to focus on candidates running this year and candidates running next year because that's how we make the difference. And not just candidates on the like city level. I'm even talking about people like me in appointed positions, the county level, um, school board, roads committee, whatever. There are there are different places that different people all across the board, libertarians are always criticized for only going after presidency and we need to be able to prove that that isn't true, right? That we are focusing on all levels of government. So we just got to, we got to keep our eye on the prize guys and we got to make sure that we're not the next New Hampshire. And I uh, think that, you know, we have a very productive team. We have a very solid ops team and um, of course I'm on it. So a little bias there. Um, but we just need to be grateful for what we have and, and protect it fiercely, which is, I believe, what our chair is doing. So, again, I am open to your feedback or your corrections on any of this. Um, just find me on social media, at The Mama Marketer, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, all, pretty much all the places. And I'd love to hear your feedback on this. I know there's a lot of feelings and emotions involved. And I think at the end of the day, libertarians are just wanting to get those processing words out, right? And so we can move on to the, to the next thing, which 
should be candidates, in my opinion, at least in Kansas. So, um, okay, guys, that is all I have for you. Just a quick little chat. Um, and then just one little plug for you guys. Remember that I have digital downloads available on my website. You can be a yearly subscriber to that, or you can just do a dollar download. I've got everything from recipes to yoga to graphics, phone screens, all that kind of fun stuff. The best deal is really just being a $10 a year subscriber because then you get access to everything. And I also have a digital marketing course available. So if you're looking for some training on digital marketing, um, maybe to decide if you want to pursue this as a career or not. I have a six weeks, six week course available um, where you get one-on-one -on -one Zoom training with me. Um, so yeah, go check that out, uh, themamamarketer.com. And I am going to be recording in just a couple of days with a friend of mine who is a father and a veteran and really into the fitness and financial freedom areas, very multifaceted, which you know I love as guests. So stay tuned for that and we will talk to you then. Bye.